Welcome to the Mom Life. I'm Sarah Jordan, and I am super excited today because it's not often that I get to be joined by somebody that I've known now almost 15 years, which Hillary, that's a really strange thing to say. Hillary and I met in college at IU and you were one of those people, you and your friend, Rebecca, that we all, I met Rebecca in Spanish class. Were you in our Spanish class? No, I don't think so. (laughs) So I remember meeting Rebecca in Spanish class and IU, I mean, how many people go there? Like 50,000 people? Uh, yeah, I think at this point when we were there, it was like 40,000, but now it's probably closer to 50. So it's, it's really hard when I feel like when you step foot on a college campus like that, because like, if you don't already have a group of friends, you can never see the same person twice unless they're in your class. So it can be super overwhelming. So when I went there, it was like fresh off a breakup. And I was like, I'm going to make new friends. I'm going to start over. And then I met you and Rebecca. And I, I, I remember thinking to myself in the cheesiest way, like, I hope they'll be my friends friend. (laughs) So I am so thankful that like, however many years later, almost 15 years later, we are still friends. And I will back up just a little bit more because I know, luckily, I do know you a little bit. So you are actually from a small town in northern Indiana called Crown Point, right? Yep. And is that where you were raised? Yep. Born and raised. Now, when I say Crown Point, Indiana, I know that th- like, just like I always say, I'm from Southern Indiana, basically Louisville, you say Crown Point, but you're only what, 40 minutes outside of Chicago? Yeah, yeah. Like, on a good day, we can make it there in 30. But so you're like at the tippity tip tip top. Yep. What was it like growing up in Northern Indiana versus my Southern Indiana? I feel like that's a much more I mean, yes, it's more Northern, but I would say it's a more Northern versus Southern upbringing, because we're considered almost part of the South down here. Whereas, whereas you're like right there by Michigan, you're right there by Chicago. I mean, you're in a different realm, even though it's the same state. <laughs> no, no, seriously, like people that are from here, they call it the region. And it's just a totally different part of the state. Like you guys have Southern accents. We have like super Chicago accents. It's it's totally different. When they say the region, what does that mean? It means like basically Lake County. So like the whole mm. region of Indiana that's like essentially part of Illinois because it's like right there in the corner tip. Um, we get all Chicago stations. Um, and yeah, we're just like totally different from the rest of the state. Are you considered part of that metro? I think so. Yeah, because on the news, like, they'll say, you know, and then in Lake County, it's, you know, snowing or whatever. Um, So yeah, I think they consider us kind of part of it. That's another thing. You just mentioned snow, actually. it's We got the biggest snow we've had in the last couple of years, and it's only like five or six inches, if that. And I'm sure you get the probably lake effect and all that stuff up there, don't you? Yeah, but actually, this time it's not that bad. I think you guys got more snow than we did. We only got like three <laughs> inches. <laughs> Which this never happens ever whatsoever. So that's what I think is so funny about it. And I think that's part of the reason why I was so drawn to you and Rebecca in college too, was because my family is all from Cleveland, Ohio, up on the lake. So like, when I heard you guys, I heard Northern accents and I heard like lakes and I was like, oh, they remind me of my family. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot your family was from Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I, I identify as a Northerner, even though I've grown up in Southern Indiana, which is AKA Louisville. Again, it's just like you people yeah. basically just consider us part of the Louisville Metro. We get all Kentucky news, Louisville news. I mean, heck, especially during the pandemic, I had to like search for Indiana news when I'm like, <laughs> I live in Indiana. What is going on? Um, <laughs> 
to know what's going on. But yeah, so I've always growing up, I never had the country accent. I never had that Southern twang to my voice because I was raised by my parents who were from Cleveland and all my family was from Cleveland. So in my head, I always identified as I'm from Cleveland. I'm from the North. I, this is why I don't pronounce things with a country twang um, with the long drawl, if you will. So um, when you were growing up in Crown Point, you have one younger sister. So you were the oldest, correct? Yep. And were you and your sister close growing up? Yeah. Um, I mean, my mom used to like force me to take her places with me. So we kind of had to be and we fought a lot. But like now we're best friends. She's literally here watching my kids while I do this right now. And she's been like sleeping here for the last three nights. That's so cute. You know, I think it. How, what's the age difference between you guys? Is it four years? Three years. Three years. It's so interesting. I mean, I'm about only 18 months younger than my one sister and three and a half years younger than my other sister. And since we were all so close in age, we fought a lot. But now I'm much closer to that. But now with my kids, it's like the first two are less than two years apart and they're super close. But then there's a pretty significant age gap of like almost five, almost seven years between the baby Mm -hmm. and those two. So I'm like, oh my God, she is totally going to be the kid's sister. I will 100% make them take her place. I mean, I will be the first one to be like, uh, your allowance is taking your sister to wherever she needs to go. <laughs> when I get to stop doing that, I will rejoice in the day that my son gets his license and can take places. I'm already imagining 10 years from now. That's fine. That's how I see it happening. So as you were growing up, I, I'm like trying to put in together all the pieces like before I met you. And then you and I have lived in different cities since college. Mm-hmm. So w- when you were getting ready to go to college, what did you want to go to school for? That age old question of what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, God. Yeah. I So first I thought I wanted to be a lawyer and I clerked at a law firm and it was like a hundred percent paperwork. And I was like, okay, no, I don't want to do this. Um, and then I decided I wanted to go for apparel merchandising and that's what I got my degree in. It's not what I'm Mm -hmm. doing, but that's what I went for. Apparel merchandising, which in other words, more in the fashion realm, correct? Yeah. Yeah. When that's what I remember when, again, when I met you, which I have to say like my time at IU is was brief because I ended up going to three different colleges and I came back home to do my job in radio, but I wasn't, (laughs) I wasn't comfortable because of my job, like acting like a college kid in my town. So I remember my junior year of college, I'm pretty sure I slept on either the couch or one of your all's beds in your apartment almost every weekend. (laughs) And we loved it. (laughs) I was like a, a pseudo a pseudo roommate for that year um, because I still wanted my college experience, just not where everyone like knew what my job was, Right, (laughs) which is how I then got to know you so much more. And what was fun is that I keep mentioning Rebecca, which Rebecca is our mutual friend, but then you practically became pseudo family with her family because even her cousin was living with you all at one time. Cause you guys had at one point, what four roommates or there was four of you total. Yeah. Four of us. Yep. Did you like living with like four people, even though now I'm sure that's like, how in the world did I ever do that? But I feel like that also could be quite difficult. Oh my God. No, we loved it. We were all so close. So we loved it. I mean, we just had so much fun together. It was like, you always had somebody there to hang out with. So I loved it. There were like some times, of course, when 
I'd be like, I literally just want to like lay in my room. And then they would always come in and bug me and be like, no, we're going out, get up. <laughs> so they kind of yeah, that's, me to like be social. That's the thing about IU. You, you tend to get a uh, pulled into going out super fast. That's another thing I realized. I was like, oh, people don't party like IU people party. So if you're trying to pace an IU person, don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how we did it. You will. Well, your body adjusts for that time. But then I also realized very quickly, like going back, I was like, why am I trying? I can't keep up with these people. (laughs) (laughs) Your body is trained for a different thing. We're the Olympic athletes of drinking. Exactly. <laughs> so then while in college, so you got your degree in fashion merchandising and or apparel merchandising. And then after that, what was next for you? So after that, we had graduated like during the recession, basically. So oh, yeah. Yeah. So I was going um, downtown Chicago and literally because everything's online now where you just apply and then you never hear anything. It's just like out into the void. So I started going from showroom to showroom in the merchandise mart downtown Chicago. So there's a bunch of showrooms down there um, for different clothing lines. And I was just going door to door and handing out my resume and that wasn't working. And I was applying online constantly and that wasn't working. So I was like, waitressing. And then I was working at Macy's downtown for a little while. Um, and I decided because I had seen like ads for going to teach English in Korea that I would do that because they literally pay for your flight, set you up with an apartment. Who did, who told you about the South Korea piece? Is that something you researched or is that something that like someone said, Hey, I heard about this. Yeah. So like, I saw something about it online and then I had actually gotten in contact with somebody while I was in college, um, like a recruiter from Korea being like, Hey, you don't need a teaching degree. You just need to be an English speaker with a college degree and you can do this. So I had kind of thought about it a little bit just because I was like, that's, you know, interesting. Um, I originally wanted to teach in Spain because I took Spanish for like several years, but it's too expensive. And Korea, they literally pay for your flight and set you up with the apartment and everything. So I ended up just doing that. And my friend Jessica uh, also was like in the same boat as me. And she was like, do you want to just try that Korea thing? Because we had kind of talked about it a little bit. And I was like, yeah, why not? So you applied and you got accepted. And then was it just an immediate like leap of faith? Like, you know what? I'm just going to go do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my computer like cut out for a second. It was like, no. <laughs> I, I just can't imagine. Like, uh, this sounds terrible. And you're going to be like, Sarah, get out of the country. I have only been to Mexico. That is like my only, oh, I'm sorry, in Canada. But like, I have not been anywhere in the other part of the entire world, Europe, yeah. Asia, anything. I can't imagine just being like, I'm going to pack my bags and move across the entire world, which is what a 12 hour time difference. Yeah. Yeah. 12, sometimes wait, 13, 13 or 14, actually, depending on the time change. Okay. So what did your parents say when you were like, Hey, I'm going to Korea? (laughs) Um, they were, they were like, um, okay, that's random, but, um, I don't know. I think they kind of, they know me and, I I would do that, but they were kind of nervous because that was at the time that North Korea was doing like, I think they like shot missiles at an Island or something. So they kind of freaked out for a minute, but I was like, I'm going, sorry. (laughs) So when you went over there, was it a culture shock for you? Um, yeah, certain things like 
food was really hard to get used to because I don't like fish. So, and they're like a peninsula. So it's like a lot of fish. Um, so I tried stuff like I tried octopus and I've tried things that I normally wouldn't eat. So I had to get used to the food. I get used to kimchi and then just certain things I had to be mindful of. Like they have a lot of like little things that you do to be polite. Um, mm. because I'm getting used to, but now I have like reverse cult. I had like reverse culture shock when I came back to the U S I had to like get used to being like American again. <laughs> How long did you end up spending time over in South Korea? Um, it was about four and a half years. Oh my goodness. So you originally only planned on being there a year, right? Yeah. Yep. I started thinking I'll, I'll go for a year and we were having so much fun. Like, my friend Jessica and I always say that Korea, our first year was like college part two because you worked, but like weekends were just going out to the bars with like all the other expats that were there from all over the world. Um, and everybody like went to the same bar and hung out and we were just having too much fun. So we were like, let's just stay one more year. And I met my husband at the end of that year, um, or my future husband. So I was like, we had just started dating. So I'm like, oh, I'll see where this goes. So what was the, one of the best parts about being over there? I remember following you on social media during this time. It's like, oh, I'm in Thailand for the weekend. Like <laughs> it was the most bizarre thing for my brain to comprehend, like what you were going through. I guess I'm such a, like a, I'm a worrier. So I'd be like scared to do all these things. And so I admire you so much because you were just, you're doing it. <laughs> I mean, I feel like as I got older, I'm, I'm like more and more cautious. But at the time, looking back, it's like, yeah, how did we do that? Because we went to Thailand and then we went to China and Malaysia and Bali. And like uh, we would just show up with loose plans and just kind of figure out how to get places like in China. We just like hopped on a bus and had some lady tell the bus driver where to let us off. And he just like stopped the bus, pointed at us and was like, get out. And we, it was like in the middle of nowhere and we were just kind of waiting around like, okay, now what? And like grabbing a taxi to like the next place that we needed to be. And it's just like, it's so random. Like looking back, I'm like, how did we do that? Really? I do think that as you get older, certainly you do worry about more, but then having kids, I feel like adds a whole new layer of fear because then you're like, okay, I don't want to do anything that would jeopardize my kids having a mother or jeopardize them. Um, totally. So but when you're in college, I mean, like you got to travel parts of the world that no way you probably could do right now anymore. Oh gosh, no, we like go nowhere. We go to like Arizona and Korea. That's it. <laughs> Hey, you know what? I like you're like, hey, we just go to Korea. So you mentioned <laughs> your now husband, Jamie. How did you and Jamie meet? Um, so we had a mutual friend, Kelly, and she worked with me at the school I was teaching in. And her Korean was pretty decent at the time. Now she's like totally fluent. Um, so she was hanging out with a lot of Koreans and Jamie was one of them. And he like barely spoke English. He he tells me all the time. He's like, why did you start dating me? Because he looks back and he's like, I was terrible. Like, why, why did you waste your time? But we just started hanging out all the time. And, you know, we would just see each other at the bars and we'd hang out all together. And then 
one night we were like hanging out alone and we had like a heart to heart because he was telling me about like how his dad passed away like the year before. And I mean, it was a little bit of a broken English (laughs) version of that, but we just kind of got like endeared to each other and we just started dating and I don't know. the rest So how fluent are you in Korean? I'm not fluent. I can, I can like have conversations with people um, I text his mom all the time, but whenever I'm there, I'll like go shopping alone with her. And it's like, I can understand probably like 70% of what she's saying to me. I can't always say back exactly what I want to say, but like we communicate, we, we do well enough. I took some classes, my like second to last year there and did like an intensive program. So that helped a lot. And then I was taking night classes while I was working too. So, I mean, I'm like, medium level, I guess. So you and you and Jamie, so he was speaking broken English, you were speaking back broken Korean to him. Mm-hmm. So, so you guys had to have had a much stronger bond if both of you like persevered through that. <laughs> yeah, I guess it was it's weird. I don't know. He's so funny. Like, I don't know how somebody can be this funny in their second language. Like he just cracks me up all the time. He makes jokes that I'm like, where did you come up with that? Like, I mean, he's a lot better now. Like his English is really, really good now. But even at the time I was just like shocked, like even with those barriers, like we could still get our personalities through. So speaking of barriers, did it hit since you were in South Korea and his family is there? What, was their reaction when he brought an American girl home to meet them? His mom is so chill. She is like the coolest person ever. So she did not care. Like I have, I hear horror stories from other people about their parents being like, no, you have to date a Korean. She's not like that at all. She never told him who to date. She was just like very welcoming to me. Um, His dad had passed away before I met him. So he wasn't, there but the one time I did go there he had a bunch of uncles um around and they were all drinking it was like a family holiday and they were a little bit uh not not quite as nice at first they had to warm up to me but now like everybody really welcomes me and they're really sweet so when you and Jamie first started dating did you guys get engaged while in South Korea yeah, so we got engaged like almost almost three years after we started dating, and we were okay. Still there. So did he, did I, I again? I'm like remembering social media. Did you bring Jamie home to meet your parents? Like, did you ever come and visit mm-hmm. while you were there? Yeah, so my parents actually met Jamie when they visited me in Korea the first year before we started dating. So I think actually that really helped us a lot because he, I was working. So he took my parents around to like museums and like a Korean folk village and he spent an entire day with them because he offered it. He was just my friend at the time, but he's like, I'll take your parents around. Um, so they met him then. And then the following year we were dating and I brought him home for like a month. Um, so they got to know him even better then. That's incredible. Like I, I, I'm, 
that is so far removed from anything I've ever experienced. I'm, I again, am like reliving your days through vicariously through your social media accounts at the time, which obviously was even now so long ago, but even then you were posting stuff. Cause I remember looking and I'm like, Oh my gosh, Hillary's now in South Korea. Wait, she's dating someone because. <laughs> If I recall correctly, you did not necessarily have like long-term serious relationships prior no. to Jamie. Nothing super serious. No, no. All my boyfriends were trash. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I remember. <laughs> so all of a sudden I was like, wait, who's this guy? <laughs> so I'm so happy that it's just you're a world traveler. You meet a, it doesn't surprise me. You were hysterical. You and Rebecca were both hysterical, which is why I was again, drawn to you both. But then you meet a guy in South Korea. So you guys date for three years, you get engaged. What was the conversation like between you two when you had to discuss your future, AKA like which country were you going to live in? We had a lot of discussions about that because even like before we got, I was like hinting to him that I wanted to get engaged. Um, number one, I wanted to get married, but also at the time I was like, I want this marriage visa so I can just like freely work wherever I want and not be tied to a school. So obviously we didn't get married because of that, but I'm like, let's just make it easy. And like, we'll get married on paper a little bit earlier so I can like get my visa situation uh, settled here. But we just started talking about like, okay, you know, this is going to be really hard. One of us is probably going to have to live away from our family for extended periods of time. And I told him, I was like, I want to go home eventually. Like I want to live in America. Um, so, and he was like, no, I want to, you know, I, I love it there. So we, it just kind of worked out, but I mean, we both still really get homesick for Korea too. Like there are certain things there that would be a lot easier. Like, transportation you can just like walk out your door and like go places here you have to get in your car and like load the kids up and um certain things over there would be a lot easier so you know we go back and forth about like do we one day kind of want to live there for a while but for now we've made our life here and we're happy here so you guys got engaged in south korea but you got married in chicago right we got married in korea and then we had like a ceremony, like kind of like just like a little party um, at home. Did your parents come to the wedding? Yep. My parents and my sister. That is, I, I am, I am so blown away by all of it. And I don't know why I haven't brought this up yet. So, and I, you and I were talking about this right before we started. Um, one of my cousins, my, my husband's cousin, my cousin, um, he ended up getting married to a girl that was from South Korea and they went to, but I mean, she had grown up mostly around here and went to college here, but her family and her mom especially were in South Korea. Mm -hmm. So I remember it was at some family gathering. They were like, Hey, we're going to go teach English over in South Korea. And I was like, Oh my God, what? I was like, my friend Hillary did that. They were like, she did. I was like, yeah, but then she ended up over there for like a long time and met her husband and blah, 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 blah. So now they've been over there. I want to say this is year two and now she's pregnant. So they're going to at least go another year. But I mean, they're around all her family. So on the flip side, they got married here right before they left to go there. And they did another ceremony in South Korea once they got there. Um, but it's just you, you are my only connection to South Korea, but in, in a very similar way of like teaching English and experiencing those programs. And then while she is from, actually, I want to say she was born in South Korea, then moved over to the States 
States. And then, so she is a dual citizen in that regard. So, yeah. and now their baby is going to be, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. So when you guys came back to the States, you guys wanted to come back to the Chicago area, right? Yeah. All our, all my family's here. So we wanted to be close to family. So we stayed with my parents for a while and then we, uh, wanted to live in Chicago because it's a little bit closer to like Korea. Like you're, you're living on top of people in apartments, like very few people have houses. So we were just used to that. And Jamie felt more comfortable being, being able to like get around in a city. So we moved to Chicago um, and we actually lived with my sister for a little while. Cause we didn't, he didn't have a job yet. Um, now he's a pipe fitter with the union here, but I, um, I had just gotten a job. So I'm like, ah, oh, let's, you know, split rent with my sister. Um, so we lived there for a little while and then I got pregnant and then we moved back to Northwest Indiana to be closer to my parents. So you guys did move back. Well, especially for Jamie, the country. Yeah. I love that though. But I mean, as you know, once you have kids, having the support of the, your parents, the grandparents to step in is unlike anything. Oh yeah. I don't, we would not be able to do it without my parents or my sister. Oh God. No. I mean, as I don't, I don't know if I've told you this or not, but you may have gathered this via social media. So like two years ago, we ended up uh, completing and moving into a multi-generational home, um, which is pretty close to it. Cause you'd, you've come to one of my houses before. And actually, yeah, you've been to this area. You visited me for my wedding and other times, but um, so we live not far from there now, but we live on 12 acres in a multi-generational home. And so my parents are here. Like it's basically two houses in one. And actually my grandfather is here as well. So four generations in one roof. But mm -hmm. I mean, my parents retired right after I had Maggie, like within a month. And they were like, we're going to take care of the baby. And then the pandemic hit within three months of Maggie being born. So then now my parents are stepping in and helping out with like virtual learning and helping with the baby all while I work from home. And I've been working from home now for 11 months. Like it's yeah. crazy. And everyone's like, how do you do it? And I'm like, I want to be able to do it without my parents. No way. Not yeah. even a question. And your parents are amazing. I, oh, I like I'm still about how much I love your parents. <laughs> My parents, I I looked out when it came to the parent pool, I will say they are, my mom is still my best friend. And they are, they're just those parents that other my friends growing up always wanted to come hang out at our house. And sometimes they would be like, I don't like my dad. Can your dad walk me down the aisle? I'm like, he would. <laughs> I mean, and now it's funny because um, he actually is a we, he Papa is what they call him, not grandpa. <laughs> and so he is Papa to some of my friends, kids as well, because they don't have a good example of a grandfather in their life. So he's kind of taken them under his wing and they call him Papa and they get him presents for Christmas for Papa. And he sometimes shows up to grandparents day at their preschools. And um, it's... It is. He's he's a special guy. They're they're both yeah. very they're very special. I'm very lucky. So um, I totally understand why you and Jamie would want to move closer to your parents because once you have kids, it's like honestly, if you want to have any, if you if you're working or you don't want to pay an arm and a leg every single time you want to set foot out of the house without a child, you have to have a parent involved. <laughs> right. Yeah. Of course. Now they're in Arizona, but they live with us during the summers. So once the kids are in school, that'll be a lot easier. Wait, so they moved to Arizona? They did. They retired and moved to Arizona. So in the winters, they live there. And then in the summers, they live with me. What? Yeah. Yeah. But we're thinking about moving to Arizona now, too. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just following you everywhere. You can't get rid of me. 
<laughs> is that because of you just love Arizona or is it an easier flight to get back to Korea? Both. So it's ah. closer because you fly west to get over to Korea. Um, so it's closer. I mean, we'd love to live in LA because there's like direct flights and tons of Koreans, but it's so expensive. Um, but Arizona, like, not having to shovel snow ever again really appeals to me. Um, and I really like it there. So every time we visit, I'm like, we have to move here. Like this would be so nice. Is the weather in South Korea more similar to Chicago or similar to Arizona? It's more similar to Chicago. So like they have brutal winters, um, not as much snow, but they get the Siberian winds from Russia. So it gets like really windy and cold. Um, But then summers they have monsoon season in July. So that part, I guess Arizona has that too. What you're saying to me is like, I'm just like, I literally am just staring blankly like what? (laughs) (laughs) It's random. I mean, it's, it's a lot like here. It's just that it rains it like torrential downpours for like most of the month of July. But other than that, it's just like here. So your son Sawyer is three, three. Yeah. He'll be four in two months, like two and a half months. It's so crazy. I'm and then now Aria, how old is she now? she's 10 weeks, 11 weeks. Oh my gosh. You're that. Oh my, you're still like in maternity leave, like super postpartum time. (laughs) Yeah. But honestly, she is, I'm going to jinx myself. I need to knock on wood. She is the easiest baby. Sawyer like did not sleep. And so I was super sleep deprived. Aria sleeps through the night almost every night. Like not everyone's going to hate me. I'm so sorry, moms, but she is so easy. Like I just have to, here's the thing. I will say (laughs) every kid is so different. Right. And, um, my first was on the flip side of what you're doing. So camp, my oldest, Mm -hmm. he slept through the night starting at four months old and hasn't looked back since he sleeps through the night. He eats every vegetable. The kid chooses a salad as his entree. Like he is like the most easygoing chill kid. And then my next, she was a little bit more clingy, a little bit more difficult, wasn't as great of a sleeper. And now my third hates sleep. So she's over a year. She's now almost a year and two months old Uh and three months old. And she is so much more difficult. She is hilarious. She is adventurous. She is incredibly smart, Mm -hmm. but good God, does she test me? Um, (laughs) So I think it is just, it depends. Like I have several friends who their first kid was so difficult and then their second was like a break. So I never feel like every single one of them are difficult, but it's like one of them will be the easier of the two or the three or the four. Um, And it's just crazy. I think my third is just such a little stink because she doesn't want to miss out on anything. And she has two older siblings to be like, Ooh, so they climbed onto the couch. I can climb onto the couch. They went up the stairs. I can go up the stairs. I mean, she is just, although the other day, and this is such a strange thing, but like I gave her her little breakfast and she eats like little gourmet breakfast with me since I'm at home. And I look over and I had thrown some fruit loops on her plate and she arranged them by color in pairs of two in a line. And I was oh like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm pretty sure she's like the boss baby. Like she <laughs> just can't communicate properly, but she's taking in everything. And like, she's secretly in charge and like plotting against me. <laughs> You're going to have to have her like organize all your closets because that's literally me 
Like if I were a baby, that would be me. And oh all, day, all day is like reorganize my house. I hope she's like that. She is like, I've never had to fully baby proof a house and I have to baby proof everything with her. She sticks everything in her mouth. Like she can figure out anything. Like she figured out how to get a child proof lid open. And I'm like, you were 14 months old. My seven year old can't get the child proof lid off. What are you doing? <laughs> So either way, it's just, it's amazing. People, it's like they, they try to prepare you for motherhood. And then I'm like, but you can't because each baby is different and you don't know, yeah. like based on what you learned with Sawyer, I'm sure Aria is completely different. Totally different. Like night and day. Well, and the other thing you'll notice as they get older, the way boys versus girls play, it's insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like... Kennedy would, by the age of two, could like just sit there calmly watching a TV show or coloring or playing with the doll completely quiet by herself. Mm-hmm. That is not how my son is. Like yeah. he is a go, 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 go. Sometimes I feel guilty because people are like, if they look, they're probably like, why don't you have as many pictures of him? Because he's running amok. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, no, I get it. Sawyer's the exact same way. Like unless I stick an iPad in front of him, which I hate doing, but happens sometimes it's necessary. <laughs> Well, and like, even I've, whether it's the way they sleep, they eat, they play, whether it's the way they take bottles or the way they like nurse and breastfeed, every single baby is so stinking different. I mean, the way your body handles pregnancy and labor, again, it's like, you think, you know, and then it's like, oh, never mind. (laughs) Oh, no, everything was different. Like, I was like, wait, I don't remember this. How was your pregnancy and everything? How are you doing since you're only 11 weeks out? Yeah, good. I'm fine. Um, you know, it's always the first, I would say like probably the first six weeks postpartum are always so tough. Just like painful breastfeeding hurts, like every single time, it doesn't matter the latch, how I'm, you know, doing things. It's like, no matter what, I'm in pain. Um, And then, you know, now we're good. But yeah, pregnancies were different. She was like way out front for me. So stretch marks are much worse on the front. And I'm just like, Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing. It's like the more kids you have, your body is like, "Mm, I'm not gonna bounce back as fast. Now you've stretched me out twice. So this is gonna be different. And and it's like, and and then my gynecologist is like, well, you're older now. And I'm like, hey, Advanced maternal age. I'm like, I'm not even at the advanced maternal age, but I'm like, good God. I had her like when I was, no, wait, 30. I am losing track of time. (laughs) How old was I? I was 32. Okay. I was 32. (laughs) But in comparison to the 26 I was when I had my first, I mean, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of more wear and tear on my, the old body. So, I mean, I do tell people I'm like that first six weeks is day by day, sometimes minute by minute. Truly. And it is a blackout time that like you you almost like fade away so that you'll want to get pregnant again. But it's like, it's one thing to just take care of a baby. It's another thing just to have to heal your body from a massive traumatic, whether it's a surgery or natural mm-hmm. delivery. It's something completely different when you're doing the both at the same time. Yeah. And when you're trying to take care of yourself and a tiny human that you've never known how to take care of before 24 seven. And like, guess what? You're the only one that can do it. And then yeah. you add in breastfeeding on top of it. And I have exclusively breastfed all three of my kids. And the first two weeks are hell. Yes. They just are. <laughs> and then you'll wake up one day and be like, oh, great. This doesn't hurt anymore. But I remember with Maggie in the hospital, they wanted to go like take her to get her test done or whatever. And I unlatched her without like opening her jaw. Oh, 
and I ri- I I cut part of my nipple. Oh, I had a physical reaction to that. Oh, oh yes, yes. I was in tears every yeah. time I went to nurse on that side, and finally I called a lactation consultant. They they were like, you know, they make prescription like um, ointments like nipple cream. And I'm like, wait, it's not just like the Lansinoe or whatever. And she's like, no, there's a prescription one that is like a miracle. And I'm like, why is this my third child? And no one told me that. I'm learning it from you now. And I have TMI. My nipples have bled every time. What? Uh, When I first start, because I'm so sensitive. And they're always like, is it the latch? I'm like, no, it's just literally like, I'm so sensitive that like for the first probably month, I get blisters that, that then bleed occasionally. Um, and I just have to get through it and now I'm fine. She could latch any way she wants and it's not going to hurt me, but it's just getting through that period. of time. I, I try to compare it to my husband that it's like a piranha is attached yeah. to you. That's and like, to call Sawyer. Yes. And when you first put them on, like you're literally like almost holding your breath going yeah. like your entire body tenses until every, it, yeah. it gets a little bit easier. But that's exactly what I, that's what I've done. And then they gave me this prescription ointment. And I mean, it was within like two to three days. And of course they did the same thing to me. Have you changed the latch? Have you done this? And I'm like, this is my third kid breastfeeding. Like it's not my first time around the block, but she freaking ripped a cut on yeah. my nipple. What do you want me to do? Um, but that cream healed me in like days. And oh I've kept it and I only, I'm like scraping the jar because now <laughs> this is TMI. She has eight teeth and oh, yeah. I'm still nursing because so, since I'm working from home, it's been a lot harder to wean her because yeah. I haven't had to use bottles or a pump or anything, which is an amazing thing to not have to do. But yeah. it also has made her more dependent on me because she's around me all day. She gets to nurse for me all day. Mm-hmm. Um, I can remember when I first started working from home, I would nurse her to sleep for a nap hold her in my lap and use my laptop with one hand while even like hosting zoom meetings, but have her off camera and like would still be working. And I'm like, how in the world? But like the other day, sometimes when she falls asleep, she'll clench her jaw and she clamped down on me so hard that I was like silently screaming and crying. Cause then I'm like, you don't want to wake the baby. But at the same time, I'm like, you've got to let me go. Oh my God, I'm going to die. <laughs> so the the fun times, and I went and got that nipple cream back out. No, I did not mean to have like a full like five minute discussion about nipple cream, but I mean like no, this is it. a serious thing because I'm like, again, third kid. My best friend's mom is a lactation consultant. She's helped me every time. How is it on the third kid? And even I have friends that are now on their fourth and they were struggling with breastfeeding on their fourth, even though they've done it every other time. And I'm like, yeah. get this cream. And they're like, wait, what? It's like the secret. No one's told anyone. <laughs> Why has no one told me about this. It's just- I don't know, but Hillary, I'm telling you, if you guys have a third, like you need to no. go get it because it is absolutely amazing. Do you say, "Oh my God, no"? <laughs> Never. Oh God. I yeah. have the IUD. <laughs> I'm, uh, Maggie was our little surprise. Um, we moved into the new house, and one of my coworkers was like, "You're going to be pregnant in the next four months," and I was like, "No, I'm not." And then I remember the one day Brian was like, um, "I think you're pregnant." And I'm like, "No way." And <laughs> he told you. <laughs> yeah, he was like, "No, I can tell. Like, I think you are." And I was like, so confident because there's, I mean, every girl goes through those times when they're married, or if not, they're like, "I think I could be." pregnant and you just just kind of like that little worry in the back of your head. I literally had none of that. I was like, no way, no way. And then I went and took the test and I was like standing there holding the pregnancy test in the most utter shock, like sobbing because I was in shock. Not, I wasn't sad. I was just like, wait, what? (laughs) Um, 
And yeah, that's so it doesn't surprise me that Maggie is still the way that she is because she's been like that since I found out about her. Um, <laughs> and she's a little redhead, so she's got the little redheaded personality about her. So, so cute. She's just a wild little thing. Um, so you're now almost 12 weeks postpartum. You now have yeah. an almost four year old. You now yeah. have your daughter. You guys mm -hmm. are living in Chicago. So, what's next for you and Jamie? So, we in the next two years is when we're going to make our decision. Um, if we want to move to Arizona or somewhere else, or possibly we've, you know, tossed around the idea of moving to Korea. Uh, I haven't told my parents that because they would freak out, but we're just kind of, you know, tossing ideas around about where we want to go next. Um, Arizona would be great, but I would have to get a new sales territory because I'm in sales. Um, so I, are you still on maternity leave right now? No, I'm technically back at work, but because of the pandemic, vet clinics aren't really seeing anybody. So I'm just kind of working from home with the kids. They start daycare again on Monday. Um, so that's going to be a whole new transition, but yeah. So we're just kind of trying to figure it all out what we're going to do next. Okay. So you're, you are in sales. Jamie, you said as a pipe fitter, mm -hmm. what does he miss the most from Korea other than his family? Obviously. Um, he misses convenience. He literally said the other day convenience. He could go, he could walk into the doctor cause he's been worried about coronavirus. So of course. he, he wants, and he had it and he still feels like short of breath sometimes. And we called and had like a Zoom, you know, thing with our doctor and he ordered, you know, like it's, he ordered like a inhaler or whatever. Um, but Jamie's like, if I were in Korea, I wouldn't have to make an appointment. I could literally walk into the doctor and get an x-ray right there. I don't need to get, you know, like an order from the doctor to go somewhere else to get the x-ray. I can just go in and do it. Um, and everything about Korea is super convenient like that. Um, you can walk out your door. There's a doctor probably two blocks away at any point. And it's just easy. Like they make things really easy for you. So did you said he did have COVID? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did around you, like Thanksgiving. Did you get COVID? No. Me and the kids it got, you know, thankfully had no symptoms because the baby was like three weeks old at that point. So we were kind of freaking out. What is her birthday? Uh, November 9th. Maggie's November 8th. So, okay. Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. So when you said that time frame, I was like, I know exactly this time frame. When Maggie was born, which was three or three months prior to COVID shutting everything down, um, uh, Kennedy had like croup and RSV right in the first three oh. weeks, right up until Thanksgiving, which is why when you said that around Thanksgiving, I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember like locking myself in the room with Maggie because RSV is so dangerous to tiny babies. Yeah. So did you wow. have to, did you have to quarantine away from him? Um, so what we did is he slept in the basement and he wore a mask. So like he would come home, shower, put his mask on and come back downstairs. And then he would like only interact with the kids like while he was masked and he was like constantly washing his hands. Um, so we weren't like totally isolated away because we kind of figured at that point, he had probably had it for like a week without us even knowing. Um, so we're like, I mean, we're probably through kind of the most contagious part of it, but just to be safe, he kind of masked up and stayed away a little bit. Um, 
that's, I think one of the craziest parts about it is so many times, and that's why I think it spreads so fast is because you don't even know at first that you have it at all. Yeah. So how would you have even known that either you were exposed to it or that you were giving it to other people? You just don't know. Um, and one of the things that I've known from some people that have had it worse than others is that the longest lingering symptom seems to be with the lungs. Right. Um, and so I'm glad that he is on the other side of it. And actually speaking of South Korea, my cousins were, it are still there, but when the pandemic hit, it like somewhat originated. Mm -hmm. um, so they were dealing with the pandemic before we were dealing with the pandemic. Yeah. They were sending us these pictures of like everyone all masked. And I was like, wait, what? That's, and then they were like, this is what's coming. And then they were teachers just like you were over there. So then they went back to school and all their, they were like, all of our kids wear masks. So we all wear masks. And it's been really interesting to watch via our cousins. Um, what is happening mm -hmm. with them versus us and is jamie's family experiencing that too yeah so in korea when you're sick it's just normal to wear a mask we were actually there when it started too we were visiting in january <gasps> oh wow so we were sitting in a restaurant when all of our phones started buzzing and it was like alert you know new contagious strain of coronavirus out of china and we look around we're in a restaurant with all Chinese tourists that had like been dropped off on a bus to go skiing. So we're like, Oh my God, really at this time. So it was just kind of funny. Like when we found out about it, but that was like in the middle of our trip. And then when we were leaving, his mom had bought us a ton of masks and we went to the airport in our masks and everybody in the airport was wearing a mask. Everybody. See See that. And then that's what my cousins told me. They were like, it's, it's more normal to wear a mask here because of they, she also mentioned the dust. Yeah. There's a micro dust. So, um, it's like pollution. So there's, they have quite a bit of pollution because a lot of Koreans have diesel cars for what reason I have no idea. Um, I guess gas is really, gas is very expensive over there. Um, but also China has this yellow dust that's like from a, some desert over there that blows over in the spring. So there's a lot of like pollution, a lot of dust that comes out, especially in the spring. So people are really used to wearing masks to avoid like any issues from that. And that's what she was saying. Cause I remember again, at first it was like, Oh, send your prayers over to them in South Korea. They're dealing with this. And I remember thinking, Oh, this isn't something we necessarily have to worry about. And then it was not six weeks later. Mm -hmm. Um, but you're right. They adjusted to the mask wearing like without question. Um, and it's just, it's, it's such a bizarre difference. And so what's really cute about our cousins, which are our age, by the way, um, they, uh, they, the entire time they've been sending letters to, um, uh, my, my kids from Korea. And so they send letters and then they'll to talk about like what it's like with their kids. And then, cause my one cousin, he's actually the godfather to Kennedy. And so they also send us all of these care packages filled with like Korean treats. Mm -hmm. And so like Kennedy got, um, one type of Barbie doll, but then all these treats, I have no idea what I'm eating. I need to start texting you pictures of what I'm eating because I'm like, I have no idea what this is. I'm just looking at the picture and assuming that like, I think that's honey or this looks like chocolate. Um, there's these delightful little gummies that I enjoy. Um, but they, I have still, I have all this stuff in my pantry from this huge care package we got from South Korea around Christmas with all these different things in them. And so me and my, my nephew, who's 13, like, we'll just open a bag of stuff just to be like, okay, let's just no idea what it is. And then I'll be like, let's look at the ingredients. And I'm like, why would I know what this says? 
no idea what's going on. Yeah, text it to me. I'll tell you what it is. Uh, I love that. Okay, so it's it's so fun. Like again, I've even though you and I have not actually been in the same city, I want to say since my wedding. Um, I, no, I was in the shower. Oh, that's right. That's when I met Jamie. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's been seven years, but really that's okay because I, you and I still go back and forth on social media. And like I said, like I bring up your name more than you realize because <laughs> every time I talk to my cousins, it's like that's my only connection to South Korea is you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just think that like your life has been such a fascinating, so not the average, especially like you graduate from college, you go get a job wherever your hometown is, whatever. You decided to move across the world and then found love, and then your husband decided to obviously become much. More more fluent and then move back across the country <laughs> across the world. And now you're like, maybe I'll go again. I feel like in my opinion, like I could almost see you guys like we'll have aching a home or an apartment in Korea. And then you're like, so we spend our summers here and our winters there. Or yeah. have you ever had a job that would allow? <laughs> That's the dream. I told him, I'm like, we need to like own our own business so that we can literally spend summers in Korea and winters in Arizona. Like that's my dream. <laughs> I honestly, that's what I was thinking. I was like, that seems like the happy, the happy medium. And your kids would be world-class travelers yeah. at a very young age. Like, I, I think this can happen. <laughs> it needs to. I'm like, okay, we'll just open like a Korean barbecue restaurant in Arizona and we'll open like an American restaurant in Korea and we'll just like run them from afar. It, 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 are either one of you good chefs? <laughs> <We're> okay. <laughs> You know what? You, I, I think you can make it work. I will I will figure out a way to invest in a way for you guys to be have dual citizenships, two homes, and go back and forth. This is this is the life I want you guys to lead to. <laughs> I know we like we like toss that idea around and then we toss the idea around of like doing the same thing you're doing, like a multi-generational home. I'm like, look, if we put our money and our parents' money together, we can make a bomb house. It, I'm telling you, it is a, and then you also have, not that you want to take advantage of your parents being there, but I mean, like they get to see their grandkids every day and vice versa. They get to see their grandparents every day. You have the help in the house, but you're also just like combining forces to make life work. Like my mom and I cook meals together. We go grocery shopping together. We, we, I mean, it's insane what we do together. Yeah. It's just, it makes things a lot easier. It really does. So Hillary, I'm so glad we got to catch up today. And I uh, tell your sister, I said, thank you. Originally, when we were supposed to podcast, I was like, where did Hillary go? She accepted my meeting. And then I totally forgot to take into account that you're in Chicago time, which is an hour behind me. <laughs> and I was like, where did she go? And I literally texted your old number from college that I still had on my phone. I was like, is this still you? <laughs> and I, no response. So now taking time zones into consideration for the future. But if you were when the pandemic chills. Um, I hope to make my way back towards the Chicago area again. Yeah. And if you guys ever come south, there's more than enough room for you and the whole family to come <laughs> stay with us at the compound, as we like to call it. I so maybe sometimes I'm sure the kids would have fun playing together. So yeah. my hopes are that it, when everything chills, actually, the last trip I went on pre no pre-baby. I was going to say pre-pandemic. I was I went to Chicago to go see Kelly Clarkson with Rebecca. Oh my gosh, really? Yes. Like and it was like February of 28 
no, February of 2019. And then I got, I found out I was pregnant like two weeks later. I was, heck, I was probably pregnant when I was in Chicago. I don't even know. I didn't know. Um, so that was like literally my last trip was to Chicago for, I flew up there for like a night. (laughs) That's so fun. So the world keeps circling and it's so funny. So Hillary, have an amazing time with the babies while you're still at home with them. I know it is hard working from home with the babies around, but it is, it is beautiful to not have to leave them all the time too. So well, thank you so much for joining me super early today to be able to do this. And I can't wait to keep living vicariously through your wonderful life. Thanks. Thank you for listening to That Mom Life. New episodes every Monday. Subscribe now and leave a rating.